Welcome to Strength in the Numbers. My name is Andrew Codd, accountant, author, and commercial finance entrepreneur. And it's my job each week to bring you leaders in finance and business and deconstruct with them their real stories, insights, and hard-won lessons into practical advice on the key strengths and qualities you need to remain relevant in accounting and finance today, as well as the steps you can begin to take to elevate the impact you make to have a fun, successful, and rewarding career in accounting and finance. Now let's go over to the show. Hi everyone and welcome to another episode of Strength in the Numbers. I'm really excited to bring you our guest mentor today. I've been trying to get him on the show for a while but he's just extremely sought after individual. His name is Chris Argent and he's a future finance thought leader and founder of the Generation CFO group which is one of the more active sort of Moscow to peer groups for accountants and finance professionals on LinkedIn. And that's a testament to 66,000 members all over the world, which in terms of topics that seem to get covered there around finance transformation, digital transformation, CFO role revolution, and the growth of the modern strategic business partner, all sort of topics you as listeners have asking me about. So I highly recommend you to check out Generation CFO and I include the links in the show notes. Now, Chris also has an impeccable resume. He's delivered on many highly valuable finance transformation projects for blue chips like Vodafone, Amazon, John Lewis and that's just to name a few and you know similar to Chris he's nowadays a highly rated independent finance transformation consultant and speaker. He's got a lot of practical value that we cover in this episode. Some areas we touch on are how and why Generation CFO has grown to so many members is 66, 67,000. Also he shares two baby steps we can take to keep finance relevant today and into the future why we also need to have perhaps switch from a core finance to a more innovation pioneer one and then to close out some practical steps finance can begin to take to become more tech savvy and start adding more value with the digital finance technologies out there and chris also names a few of those so if you want to find out more in the show notes you can check us out at sitnshow.com slash podcast slash zero four zero i really enjoyed catching up with chris i hope you enjoy our conversation too so without further ado over to chris and the show yeah definitely so i started many moons ago uh as as a as an accountant working in the sort of the depths of finance operations and sort of definitely at the bottom of the ladder looking up to the top wanting to be a CFO one day. Did my AAT first then went on to do ACCA exams and uh, I in the main was in around sort of SMEs and interesting businesses but but small to medium sized businesses. Uh, worked all the way up to divisional CFO for a, a, an IT distribution company that worked with uh, Dixons and Amazons and I found that really interesting the sort of the bigger picture um, so I thought you know what after doing lots and lots of month ends and, and finding <laughs> lots of problems with you know producing numbers um, after 15 years I thought maybe there's another way of doing this so I looked to the bigger companies um, and I, I started working within transformation uh, which pro- probably you know the start of the finance shared services kind of curve okay. uh, worked with BT John Lewis uh, Amazon on a bit of HR transformation and uh, BAT and it was it was around that time that I set up gen CFO that you um, refer to generation CFO uh, the long name um, as, a, as a sort of you know 
a group of people looking at these new ways, looking at these transformation projects that were coming through and just seeing, you know, who was interested because it was fairly new to me uh, and I think fairly new to a lot of people. Uh, and now after sort of doing transformation for a while, I've sort of last sort of five years been looking purely in this new world of kind of digital finance, finance innovation, which, you know, in terms of topics kind of covers BI and analytics and AI and all these great buzzwords that not a lot of people really understand and I'm trying to sort of help them with that. So like that, that's quite interesting you introduce those because that's what a lot of our audience and listeners are continually asking about so that's why we try and bring on guests and you know I have seen that in the Generation CFO platform on LinkedIn. I, I highly recommend people go check it out and I'll put the link in the show notes and you know we do see those getting discussed there but for yourself Chris you know, what is probably the the thing that's most exciting about finance for you at the moment or what you're doing at the moment? So the, the most exciting thing for me is, 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 is just the general uh, direction that we're going in. And, mm-hmm. you know, I, I spoke to a lot of CFOs uh, at the Future of Finance Summit, um, really good uh, event uh, run by IQBC at the Hurlingham Club in London, very nice surroundings for a couple of days. Um, but they... You know, the the conversation there was, was interesting because everybody kind of gets the opportunity. You know, they know that we're stuck in, you know, spreadsheet nightmares or poor process or cleansing data rather than providing insight. Mm-hmm. And everyone's keen, especially after, you know, investing a lot in, in your further education and, you know, yeah. employing all these bright people on, on good wages. And everyone's keen to, to make sure these people are focused on strategic business partnering. But, you know, sometimes they're just stuck churning out reports. So at that at that sort of summit, the conversation was, yes, everyone agrees that there's an opportunity. Everyone knows it's going to radically change our um, careers, yeah. you know, maybe within the next five years. Um, but is it up to me? to make that change you know is it up to me to really understand and you know enable that next step uh, i was saying if it's not you you're not at the table and your relevance within the business becomes less um, so i so i'm encouraging everyone to sort of keep learning in this area because it, it's inevitable um, you know you look at what we call over the top applications you know, like your Deliveroo's and, and things like that, Ubers, uh, that that need for a sort of brilliant interface, UX, data-driven, you know, analytics, fast information, that will soon be an internal goal. And I'd even go as far as to say, you know, people will start to judge whether to join you as a company based on how good or bad you are at this stuff. Um, so, you know, we, ha- we have to start getting it right and finance has the perfect opportunity because they're the performance managers of the business. <laughs> so if they're not doing it, who is? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, no, completely. So I, no, I completely agree. I mean, in terms of maybe some, some baby steps that we can start taking to, to get it right, like uh, any thoughts for our, our listeners? Well, you, uh, you just, it was a leading question <laughs> because... <laughs> yeah. because it's baby steps, you know, there are a lot of, um, so I've been in finance transformation and, and the sort of BI analytics area for about eight, nine years now. 
and people still don't really understand it. In fact, I did um, a survey through Generation CFO, and I think the number was something like 35% of people, 32% of people weren't really aware of the technologies that could enable finance in this area and I'm talking about reporting data visualization data analytics and nothing you know sort of radical like machine learning and R scripts and all this sort of stuff so 32% of people um, got it there's a lot of people that don't so I think baby steps is right you know you've got a you've got to present the case um, I think there's a lot of projects that I've seen over the years that have started from an ERP uh, transformation and they've tried to lob BI and analytics on top of it but by pairing the two together you're running almost like a two speed race on the one big project and your BI and analytics team is striving to go ahead faster than your ERP which is a central um, IT project most of the time and you know the, the business need more now so I would say, you know, get some good people in to advise you on a, on a BI blueprint, but really focus on your high value decisions, you know, high value insight that you're trying to create. And it might even be one thing, you know, if you sat down with your CEO or your commercial director and said, you know, what's the biggest pain point for you this year? It might not even be on your finance team's radar, um, but, but go, go focus on that. And by presenting the value and in pounds and pence as well, preferably, uh, not just a nice whizzy dashboard, that's what's going to get you further sponsorship, further budget and, you know, for you to build out your team. Yeah, that's that's some really good sort of little steps there. I don't think I don't think we can we can run at this and expect a, a big bang transformation to happen overnight. It's just maybe doing some of the little things well. I mean, are there any sort of other areas perhaps, Chris, you think we could be doing better? in finance yeah definitely definitely i and i'd sort of caveat what i mean by small actually to just yeah, on what yeah. you said <laughs> when i when i say small i mean specific specific so yeah. the the big bang could happen could happen overnight because you may you know for instance you may work for a company that has high attrition rates in a certain area by analyzing the behavior of your staff through you know surveys or through their call activity or you know through the sort of um, the promoter scores that they might give to you you could potentially come up with some behavioral analytics to say oh this person this team are at risk of leaving yeah. So you can then intervene and say, right, how can I help this team improve? Then I'm saving myself a recruitment cost. And, you know, you talk to any HR director, it's a lot cheaper to keep people than to, you know, recruit and retain people. So, so it could be a small specific thing, but it could be the big bang. And that leads on to the next question, which is, you know, what could we improve on? Finance is a business function so I'm talking about HR attrition rates saving an HR recruit cost we need to get much better at looking wider you know looking even outside the business for insight and for for data in this new world as well so you know can we use mar marketing information from you know big companies like Nielsen or, or credit information from you know your D's and DMB's and 
and clear scores and places like that you know is there proprietary information and data that we can get mm. to use internally and it's sort of because we have such little time and we see it we put it in the difficult box uh, it, it doesn't get done yeah um, but we so we need to get much better at that and and that's going to keep us relevant quite frankly because otherwise what's the future yeah we um, <clears throat> we're stuck in our spreadsheets it's it's actually really interesting i'm delighted you call that out because i see it a lot even on the finance business partnering side um so moving away from the technology where people when they're supporting the business they may be picking the easier people to go service and support there may be the more difficult ones and keep putting it off, even though it makes more business sense to go and support those difficult challenges because they're the ones that, that you can add a lot of value on that allows us to be a bit more irreplaceable and less functional in people's minds and, yeah. and, and gives us that sort of higher perceived value within the business. I think, I think in terms of conversations we've had in the past, you might have described as moving maybe from this core finance mindset to a finance innovation partner doing those difficult things. Um, so what yeah. do you mean by that? Well, I, what I mean by that is is having a different mindset. You know, there, there's been talk for a very long time about finance business partnering and, you know, trying to get in front of the business. And that that's kind of sat within commercial finances world. Um, but I think it's starting to sort of spread out across the whole of finance, you know, FDNA and, and even stat world, you know, needs to get much better at using data. But innovation for me is, is a, is primarily a mindset change. You know, you'll hear lots of people talk about agile ways of working and being data driven. Um, and yes, there are sort of ways of working methodologies that, you know, the likes of, you know, that the Googles and Facebooks would sort of call out as a way of working. But yeah. for me, it's it, within finance, it's absolutely a mindset. It's getting up from your desk, it's talking to people about the decisions that they're making and then having an open mind to the solutions, you know, that you're going to present. And nine, I'm finding nine times out of 10, it comes back to, you know, surfacing data, um, turning that into information and insight, the core job that we are supposed to be doing, I think <laughs> I should add, um, but it's but it's difficult and I, and I know it's difficult and I speak to people regularly about this and, and sometimes, you know, it's head in hands because they're like, Chris, I, I, you're putting something on me that I would love to do, but I cannot do. So that's where the enabling comes in and that's where I've seen this gap between you know, accepting that it's sort of ours to own, but then not being aware of the talent and skills that we need to bring in to enable this, not being aware of the technology, um, and, you know, really not being able to drive it, which must be so frustrating. So they've got to start thinking in terms of innovation. They've got to start thinking about about technologies um, or partnering out with people that understand the technologies. And I'll give you a classic example of this. So I, you know, again, I come from core finance. I'm, you know, finance at heart. I'm into the numbers detail. And you can get lost in that sometimes. So easy. The, the, the team that I'm working with now are predominantly computer scientists. So I sit down, you know, and do a bit of an introduction when I first joined the company. And these computer scientists are just open mouthed listening to me talk about what my job is or used to be. And they're saying, Chris, what you spend, you know, maybe two weeks of a month generating numbers, 
structures, reports, analysis from a standard set of data and then you try to interpret it, put some commentary on it and you just about cross the line and then there's about a week of, you know, getting your head around what just happened before you go and do it all over again. Mm -hmm. The computer scientist brain cannot understand why this is a job, <laughs> you know, <laughs> because their, sort of, their approach to this is, right, give me the data, let's understand the model, let's understand the lineage, let's correct the data con uh, quality problems, let's standardize the reports or the interface that sits on top of it, da-da. And you know what? Yeah. There's potentially a, a disposable at first, you know, if you did a proof of concept, but there's an industrialized way of doing this. Mm -hmm. Now, yes, I'm oversimplifying, but you can see the different in, difference in mindset there. Yeah. You know, they're, they're, they're looking at us as a redundant job, you know, if it's... they could only get their hands on it. <laughs> yeah, no, exactly. Um, I, I mean, like, I, I, I made a whole career probably 10 years ago of doing that exact functional job. And systemizing it it's just amazing now to see it's like a massive big uh, tidal wave where it's happening pretty much everywhere and the technologies are pretty cool and um it's, it's adopting that data science mindset as well and you know you're only going to get that as you said from coming out from behind our desks and going talking to people and seeing what's out there and it's and it's i think we're just being we're not trying to scare people it's just being considerate because you know those functional roles if there's a cheaper more cost effective way of doing it a company's going to do it and the data scientists generally have the inside track on making that a reality. So where do finance go to remain relevant? And exactly. It come, you know, and does it come? You know, comes back to this innovation, being aware of the technology impacts. Um, are there sort of any other insights that that you could perhaps share with our audience to make them a bit less scared, or actually maybe even think about <laughs> embracing this as an opportunity? Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, you know, my my sort of opening question at, at the future of finance was, you know hands up is this a threat or an opportunity mm. and people were very reluctant to put up their hands not, not because <laughs> they were shy but because you know i think most people were thinking wow i'm you know i'm a 50 year old cfo and i kind of don't get this and i sort of see this as a threat so i think um everyone wanted to sort of appear to, to embrace it as an opportunity but you know, they saw it as a threat. And I think that threat comes from the knowledge gap. It's as simple as that. So, you know, and, and I, I think the, some of the conversations that I've had, they've said, this isn't my area. But in most sort of SME companies, uh, you know, the CEO tends to report to the FD or CFO. Um, you know, the CFO definitely has a massive say in the IT spend and budget. Uh, of most companies, it's only when you get to very large companies, the you know the the technology function tends to work separately. So, you know, it's kind of your decision how you want to approach this. Um, and I, I've also had this sort of almost knee-jerk reaction from some people saying, you know, I, it's too difficult. I can't get my head around it. But you know, I would say. Hang on, look at your track record. You've you've implemented new FRS, IFRS. Yes. You know we've got things like GDPR coming up. You're able to spin up teams to deal with that sort of thing. So you know th the reason why you do that is because they're must do's. Mm -hmm. You know you have to rise to the occasion. Whereas this is still seen, I think, as a bit yeah. of an option. Yes. But it's but it's not an option. It's really not an option for me. So I would say um, the technologies have moved on so far now that 
you know, you can download a whole host of demos. Um, you know, there's we we use Click uh, as a data visualization tool, but there are many others: MicroStrategy, Tableau, uh, SAS. So the the technologies um, are much more user friendly now, and there's you know almost no need for coding. So if you use something like Click, you know there was Click View which needed a bit of coding, but Click Sense now is less so. You know I'm not a technical expert at all. You know I rely on IT to really help me on that side. What my value is is understanding what the business does, and you know I think what. what what I would say to all business partners and commercial finance and the like is that a lot of the time, most of the time, you're talking to non-finance people. You know, they may yeah. have an MBA, done a bit of finance, but they're non-finance people, and you, you know, it's on you to interpret the data in a way that they're going to get it quickly. And that's the strength of data visualization, data visualization tools. You know, you're highlighting, you know, something specific, a headline, an exception very quickly. In fact, we're, I think we're getting to a point now where if, if you can automate some of our decision making, you then only communicate the exceptions. Um, and that, that, poses a quite a, an interesting theoretical question. It's a bit like the driverless car. It's like <laughs> if I have a fiduciary responsibility as an F CFO, FD, to check the company's operating, if I only check the exceptions that my analytics are driving to save me lots of time, then am I really in control of the company? Because Great. you know it, it's mm. on us to check the greens as well as the reds, right? Correct. So, yeah. um, so I think there's there's a long way to go in in the argument, but just baby steps, you know. Download the tools. You can download, you know, a lot of the demo versions of these tools. Power BI on top of Excel if you're very comfortable with Excel, but there are other tools out there. Um, and just start to play. And you know, I've had people in FBNA sort of picked this up as a sort of Friday project, and they've got it within a couple of weeks. You know, it's it's not dif difficult. You've just got to be open to it. Um, but there's learning the tools, but then there's there's also answering the questions that the business need answering, and that is is the key. You know, you've got to define the key questions. You've got to understand the KPIs and make sure they're the right KPIs. You've got to understand the data and the data lineage and the data quality of the data that supports those KPIs. Otherwise, you're just showing them a pretty picture. Ah, you completely. Know. completely. So, um, so yeah, I would say you know. Think of it in terms of a, another really good tool from a, for supporting non-finance um, people in the business. I looked at some just great practical. I love the way you, you started with mindset first, Chris, and then you sort of broke it down into some sort of practical methods and also some real-life tools uh, with some examples. And also, I think that's the the challenge we need to lay down here is this is not um, an option; it's a um, necessary. So the sooner we start allocating time to getting up to speed with it and it and it potentially takes a few weeks i'll hold my hand up and say similarly in the teams i've led and myself you know it doesn't take that long to get familiar with these technologies the impacts will follow and then you can start answering the questions that the business have and start moving away from functional to to irreplaceable or more of a vital resource within the business yeah I'd, and i'd also go as far as to say you know why not 
if you're going to do this, why not set yourself some targets, you know, to, yeah. to test yourself? You know, you don't have to shout about them unless you hit them. <laughs> but, <laughs> but, but, you know, some of your some of your KPIs may be, you know, how many how many reports can I automate? You know, how many standard reports out there can I automate versus the total number of reports that you do? Or, you know, how many sort of KPIs do I have? Um, and, you know, how many can I automate as a result of that? You know, it's, oh, do you have sort of post-close queries that aren't able to be answered through the reports that you provide? So can you reduce those by providing, you know, better insight, better tools? Um, and, you know, we're kind of talking about self-service tools there. But again, it, it, it's, you know, it's real tangible time savings that, that we're moving into. This isn't just the nice to have. Um, so, yeah, set yourself some targets as well on it. Oh, completely. I really like how you did that. Now, I do have a few more questions, but before I get onto those, you know, you mentioned knowledge gap. I found one excellent place for engagement and maybe closing some of that knowledge gap is actually the platform you lead on LinkedIn, the group you lead, Generation CFO. Do you mind maybe sort of briefly explaining to our audience what uh, Generation CFO is all about? Yeah, um, so Generation CFO is a group of currently about 66, 67,000 um, finance professionals uh, who have all come together as a sort of networking group first. Um, but we also look to share, you know, ideas and content um, about, you know, real life changes in this area. and. It started out about nine years ago when it was really for students and, and for myself to kind of start learning about, you know, the future of finance, you know, what mm. what do we need to learn post our exams, you know, any support on career advice and, you know, it, it, basically it was a sort of open forum. And I think what what happened is as the, as the cohort sort of matured, um, and digital transformation started to impact finance the the conversations moved sharply towards being you know in a learning mode um asking for advice and support from you know coaches and and, and vendors and you know the like to, to sort of close that knowledge gap um and it's it's a really good group, you know. It's it's very much reflecting the LinkedIn as a whole. So there's a there's a great engaged community in America, in Europe, and South Africa, and there's a lot of um, members in Asia um, who are less less sort of uh, engaged. But it's but but I know they're learning because I get direct messages um, from them rather than the sort of group messages. But yeah, it's it's a great you know network. I would encourage everyone to join because it's definitely a sort of wisdom of crowds thing yeah. um, and the more that people engage with it the better and it's all organically grown you know I'm not uh, there's, there's no nothing behind this I want to keep it independent um, I don't have any sort of you know biases or tie-ins with anybody which I think is critical uh, because when you know unfortunately we, we do live in a sort of biased ecosystem where if you ask anybody for advice their chances are they're in bed with somebody um oh, so yeah. these, these independent forums are really helpful you know that sort of peer group learning and uh, no look i appreciate giving us that overview chris and again i want to be respectful of your your time in terms of 
our audience if they wish to try and connect with you or find out more about you where's the best place to connect with you at so the the very best place is uh the Generation CFO LinkedIn group um, because you know I I facilitate that so I'm on there a lot of the time. Uh, you can reach out directly to me on um, LinkedIn. I also have a Twitter which is Christopher CJLA and yeah I, I'll sort of respond to any queries, any questions, and and try and sort of support this knowledge gap that's uh, that's clearly there. I really appreciate, Chris, you coming on to the show today. You've been a great guest. Really appreciate you covering the ne- need, the necessary need out there for finance to become more tech savvy, uh, shift our mindset more towards like innovation. And I'm also introduced to our audience, uh, Generation CFO, which again, I'm going to put the links up in the show notes as well to, uh, so people can find their way there as well. So look, Chris, thanks again for taking the time and investing with us on this show. And thanks to you, Andrew, as well. I, I would class you as one of the innovators so uh you know it's uh it's great to be on this show and all the best of luck with it so there you have it hope you enjoyed today's show if you'd like to know more about our guests today their bio and follow up on the resources mentioned during the show you can find all the relevant links and more at sitnshow.com there you'll also be able to get access to earlier shows read the latest blogs There's also an opportunity to subscribe to our newsletter, which will give you heads up as to when the next show is coming out, latest events, news, and anything that's going to be relevant to help you have a fun, rewarding, and successful career in finance and accounting. And just before you go, we really appreciate your feedback. If there's something we can do better on the show, something that's not working, or something you'd like to see, even a guest you'd like for us to invite onto the show, someone who you think might be able to benefit you more and also the rest of our community, please let me know. You can email me. I'm at andrew at sitnshow.com or feel free to connect with me on LinkedIn. Just drop me a message so I know how you found me and we can connect. And really it's our community that will make the show. If we keep engaging and driving each other on, we'll keep on building our strength in the numbers. When all is said and done, if we can do the numbers better and finance better, we'll create more opportunities for ourselves, our friends, our families, our communities and our businesses. So until next time, have a good rest of the week. Take care and let's keep building our strength in the numbers.